You know what? How about I even shout out my friends that made black history, you know, like a Kofi Kingston. <laughs> what up, Kofi? And how about we keep it in-house a little bit? How about, like, we talk about some of the people that's been one of the best wrestlers on the planet and holding down a brand for well over a year now, whooping ass. I'm talking about the Ring of Honor Women's Champion, Athena. What up, sis? <laughs> and very soon, we're going to add another name to that list, right? Whose house? Hello and welcome to another Sunday morning edition of Collision Catchup. My name is Aaron Grant. And I am independent wrestler The Standard Matthew Grant, one after your HWE Tag Team Champions, current crossbody for wrestling, internet champion. And yeah, we are here to talk another I was gonna say, I, I kinda lost my train of thought there. We talk are about yeah, another Yeah, there we go. That's that's what I was trying to say. We're here to talk about another edition of Collision Catch Up. We're here to talk about another edition of Collision on, on Colli- Collision Catch Up. Wow, this is a struggle for I'm me. I'm not this letting morning. you start over again. Nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I guess this is where we're at right now. I would just like to say I, I just woke up a few minutes ago, so that's true. Uh, I've been up for a couple hours, so I, that's why I sound a lot perkier than you. Yeah, yeah. But either way, we're here to talk Collision, uh, all the wrestling. Uh, if you are in the area, Hamilton, Ontario area today, you can actually come see some AEW stars in action live in person as Daniel Garcia and Ortiz will be at Alpha One Wrestling, which is actually why I'm up as early as I am, um, because that's where I'll be at today. So, um Come on out, come say hi, and come support some good independent wrestling. But before we get into A1 later on today, let's dive into this week's edition of Collision. Um, Did you want to kick it off with your number three this week? Are we kicking it off with number three, or is it worth it for us to do our quick Rampage rundown first? Honestly, there's nothing that really affects collision this week so 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 starting with our collision catch-up we'll we'll dive into number three for this week all right so my number three was uh not actually a match it was more of a moment as we got to hear from mark briscoe in the ring uh being uh spoken to by tony shivani and uh just a really awesome I'm not even going to call it a promo, just like a moment from him as he's having a full conversation about how excited he is because when he was younger, him and his big brother used to tune into TV and look up to Tony Schiavone so they get a chance to actually talk with him just really meant the world to him. Having this wonderful moment and lights cut out as uh, House of Black pops up on the screen. Yeah, so he was talking about uh, having to go solo for the first time in uh, his whole career. and. uh not really being used to that and um, getting in the swing of things, keeping rolling. And then, like you said, yeah, the lights got out. House of Black pops up on the screen and uh, continuing their mind games, essentially saying that they're going to remove Mark Briscoe from professional wrestling history. They're going to take him out altogether and uh, lights come back on. Briscoe's ready for a fight. Just circling the ring, just uh, clearly unfortunately letting them in his head as he's now panicked just hunting around but as uh, they pop back up on the screen malachi literally acknowledging that being like we're already in your head yep 
Yeah. And uh, that just felt like such a good setup moment for me that uh, it had to land in my top three. I genuinely loved it. I am looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with uh, with Mark Briscoe and the House of Black going forward. Uh, clearly, as it was acknowledged on Collision last night, it seems like the chapter of FTR and Daniel Garcia with House of Black is over. However, Mark Briscoe seems to be continued in that run, so we'll, we'll have to see where that takes us going forward. Yeah, absolutely. As uh, You take it to your number three. My number three for this week... Um, I'm going to take it to our second match of the night, and that being Brian Danielson against uh, Hitchisero. I honestly. Which, sorry not to interrupt. This is funny enough, my number two. Um, I really enjoyed what was brought to the table here. Um, Hitchisero's entrance and his presence alone. That entrance won me over so fast. Yeah. The fire. Yeah. And literal fire. He's just yeah, no, lighting he... it up. He uh he had a presence and an aura about him. Um, I'm not incredibly familiar with the CMLL guys and what they bring to the table, but uh, after seeing this match, genuinely, like he hung with Brian, had a fun match with Brian. Brian was up, obviously. Um, not so obviously though. Like it had its moments of solid back and forth. That's true. I say obviously, but I even questioned whether Brian was going to lose this match. Um. Yeah, we had a we had a few moments of back and forth between the two of us on how we actually thought the outcome was uh, going to be, and that's Nigel being exciting. a grade A hater. Nigel, just I don't know names of moves, but surfboard, surfboard. Brian Danielson putting Hitchisara. Hitchisara. I almost added an extra syllable. My bad. Hitchisara into a surfboard as uh, we hear Nigel McGinnis talking about like, oh, it's an SOS. Same old shit. Just like completely down talking it until a few moments later when Hitchisara gets the reversal and he's like, oh my God, this is so what innovation. <laughs> this is so good. And Kevin Kelly calling him out immediately being like, we just seen this. <laughs> I will always be a sucker for <laughs> Nigel. Just grade A hating. Uh, Um, Speaking of things I'll always get a kick out of, uh, you kind of just skipped over what happened right before. Which well, that that was going to be technically part of my number one. Okay, because I was okay. Then I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sneak ahead yet. Although actually, now that I think about it, this is my number two. So if you'd like to, you can jump into your. Let's do it. So my number one technically wasn't the match itself, but it was more of the moment that took place after the match. Uh, Brian Keith and Eddie Kingston. coming into play for my number two here and or sorry no my number two was actually not that but you know what we'll dive into this quickly because this is my number one sorry i'm like so lost in yeah, numbers right now yeah, you, i you, skipped you, straight to you yeah you you threw me completely off here my bad um eddie kings and brian keith my number one this week as uh they had a great bout to kick off the evening uh for the continental classic championship and uh, continental crown whatever they decide to call it um Either way, uh, Kingston was victorious. Uh, Hard-fought battle from Brian Keith. Genuinely a hard-hitting battle between the two. But what needs to be said is they were in Texas, the home state of Brian Keith. And it seems like the question of whether Brian Keith is signed to AEW is officially over as... Tony Schiavone coming into the ring and notifying Brian Keith that officially as of today, he is all elite. So a huge moment for Brian Keith getting a chance to get embraced. But yes, what you're talking about is as that match finishes, as this moment's happening, 
Once again, Brian Danielson making his way out to the ring, interrupting Eddie Kingston's, and Eddie moment. Kingston moment, but not necessarily even interrupting Andy Kingston's moment, but adding to the Brian Keith moment, not acknowledging the existence of Eddie Kingston no, whatsoever. No, just completely blowing him off. No eye contact, no nothing, and just taking over the moment for himself yeah. to put Brian Keith over. It. It's very interesting, the back and forth between uh, Brian and Kingston, clearly leading to a, a match, I, I, I'm assuming potentially at Revolution. So I'm really looking forward to seeing these two go back, uh, go at it again. But yeah, that was my number one. I'll get to my number two really quickly just to get that out of the way. And it was the main event, the Patriarchy versus FTR. Which Daniel is my Garcia. number one, as I kind of figured what was going to happen. So let's just dive right into that there match. There we go. So it was Christian Cage, Nick Wayne, and Killswitch taking on FTR and Daniel Garcia. Um we seen a promo earlier on in the night, uh, FDR and Daniel Garcia acknowledging the fact that they're done with the House of Black and talking about how maybe it's time for them to stick together and go up the rankings in the trios uh, division and get those trios championships. and Just solidifying themselves as a, a trio now, yep. bouncing around some different names. Well, so. FTR is not even in the tag rankings, which the rankings returned, uh, if you haven't been aware as well. Um yeah, FTR not in the tag rankings, but FTR and Daniel Garcia were in the trios rankings. So I think that was part of the reasoning for them continuing to stay together as a unit. So yeah. um, we move into, yeah, the main event, Patriarchy, FTR, Daniel Garcia. Really fun match. Um, Nick Wayne is so good for as young as he is. Such um, a, like, fast-moving match, too, but, like, so fluid and such, again, one of those hard-hitting, like, you couldn't really look away or you would miss something. Yeah, like, uh, there was a cool spot um, where Daniel Garcia whipped Cash Wheeler into a dive onto the outside. Um, there was a lot of cool stuff that happened in this match, honestly. It was kind of hard to keep track of at times, but... Uh, a lot of taunting from uh, Nick Wayne of doing the Garcia dance. Oh, yeah, yeah, getting in the head of Daniel Garcia, but it was Garcia getting the the best of the patriarchy at the end of the day is he that trademark jackknife pin for the win a one two three and Daniel Garcia for a second straight week picking up a huge victory in the main event of Collision. Yep, uh, genuinely my favorite match of the night. Like I said, it was just one of those like I couldn't look away. I am absolutely loving what Daniel Garcia is doing right now and. Uh, how quickly he's moved himself up into this main event position. And I feel like after he kind of, he was floating for a little bit, we're still trying to solidify who he was with and where he was. And uh, undoubtedly now he's a star to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just to confirm. So my number three, Brian Hitchcero. My number two was uh, the Patriarchy versus FDR and Daniel Garcia. My number one was the technical signing of Brian Keith to AEW. Just, just, just uh, solidify because we got, we got a little. We got really lost, and I'll take the blame for that because I was just really excited to talk about our top three. (laughs) (laughs) I got real excited. It's my, my number three was Mark Briscoe with the interruption of House of Black. My number two being uh, Brian Danielson against Hujasara. I always Saro. I keep (laughs) it up. I'm so sorry. Uh, That was my first time seeing him. I'm a fan. Uh, and my number one being the main event. Are we good? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should take over on the on the rundown of the rest of the show. <laughs> Apparently so. Um, all right. So the rest of the show, um, honestly, not a crazy amount. Although something that frustrated me and uh, by the looks of social media, honestly, frustrated a lot of people as well, was Hook 
taking on the Outrunners in a handicap match. It's one thing to do a enhancement match for a talent. It's another thing to do it where, in a situation like this, where you have a an established team like the Outrunners doing the job for Hook. I'm not against, or sorry, I'm not for it. Um, and the reason why I'm not for it is because you could p- plug in any other two talents into that position and it'd be fine. I just, for me, the, the fact that they did it with an established tag team and took away the potential of them being built going forward as a legitimate unit. I think a lot of time now when you see them on TV, the outrunners are going to be like, oh, they got beat by one person and hook. And we we kind of got into a conversation with Hook uh, during this episode. Well, about kinda, Hook. About, not... Did I say with Hook? Yes, you definitely said with we have not We have not discussed anything with Hook. Um, I don't think he would like the conversation, honestly. No. But um, no. no, unfortunately, he's someone who did impress me when he first came around. But unfortunately, at this point to me, and you're saying it too, I just haven't seen too much growth. Well, and I, 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 think right... we, I think we look back at the Hook Samoa Joe match and like it was a fun match. Don't get me wrong. But then you kind of look at the progression of Hook, and you you made the reference to Jay Cargill. Where, if we're if we're comparing these, um, I guess homegrown AEW names. Yeah, the homegrown ones that have been really pushed into these superstar positions, and I I was comparing him to Jay Cargill, and where they both came in kind of fresh, but also being pushed as like this. This is our next person, and we saw Jade show tremendous growth into the superstar that she is today and uh to where she's not even with AEW anymore she has uh moved on to wwe and is still holding her own and uh it's just i don't get that same feeling from hook i i kind of feel like he hasn't wowed me in the same way that they expected him to i honestly think there's still a presence about him there's he's always brought a presence there's never been a doubt to me about his presence and his appearance it's just actual in the ring and i will give him credit like the suplexes and everything he's doing to the outrunners like they like they're bigger a lot bigger than him Mm -hmm. so it makes him look impressive like don't get me wrong i think it's just the fact that he did squash an established tag team really kind of irked me a little bit and then we were kind of having the conversation again of like the jade hook thing where it's like there's been a lot of progression on one side and there hasn't been a crazy amount of progression on the other side and i think they're still trying to i wouldn't necessarily say force it because like he's still getting reactions he's still people do like him and i like him this isn't me saying i don't like hook this is just me saying i'm not buying into the i think there's just gotta be powerhouse that they're kind of building him up to look i don't even think for me it's that i think it's just positioning on the card i think that's very important and i don't think necessarily hooks a main event guy i don't even think honestly he's a mid card guy i think he's more of a lower mid card guy to where like i think the squash scenario is honestly best for him like i don't think there's really unless there's an improvement to the in-ring work and like there's a potential to go further than a five-minute match where it's like actually competitive because like he had the match with joe and i think they went like 10 minutes but like a lot of that was just fucking around where i think there is potential with hook to grow 
But I think they got to get him out of his comfort zone. And I think that's why I I don't have anything against a good squash match or an enhancement match or anything like that. But I think because we haven't gotten to see him do more, I'm kind of at that point where I'm still kind of like, eh, he hasn't he hasn't shown he has what it takes to hang with these bigger guys yet. And I think that's the best description I can come up with for why I'm not feeling hook right now. Mm, fair enough. Um, yeah, as we dive into the rest of the show, we had a promo from Swerve addressing his match uh, with Hangman Page coming up on Wednesday, talking about how he wants to make black history. I was going to uh, say, he was really putting over a lot of... Uh other black wrestlers as well i heard him mention uh kofi kingston i heard him mention athena just putting over these people that clearly deserve that spotlight absolutely making a point that he wants to be up in those rankings well he wants he's he said it he wants to be the first black aw world champion he has a genuine chance of doing so as he's two and oh on hangman as it is right now and has a chance to make it three times to charm as he made reference to and i think right now if you don't pull the trigger on Swerve, you're, you're there's a huge mistake made. Like I, I think he should beat Hangman, and I think he should beat Samoa Joe. I, I, I think people may argue that just because of how short that would make Joe's title reign. However, I, I, I don't think you needed Joe to have a tremendously long title reign. I think the way the dominant fashion he won the championship in, as well as using his lineage and legacy and star power to put over somebody like a Swerve Strickland is exactly what Swerve needs at this stage of his career. Well, because I was going to say at the stage of the career that uh, Joe is in, he doesn't need a crazy long title. He doesn't even need the championship in general. No, he earned it. He earned it in his fight that, like you said, the way he pushed himself up in that uh, into that position. But I I agree with you that I think that his best position right now is to put over this up and coming talent. I, I think when you look at Joe and his title run, I think the best thing you can say is he came through for AEW in a very fucking dark time. Um, 100%. He continued to put AEW on his back. Like, I, I don't think really anybody did during that time period as dominant as he did. And I think that was a thank you, giving him the championship when they did. Um, obviously, they did have to get the title off of MJF. He was hurt. He needed some time away. There was questions with his contract status and whether what's going on where there. he was going um so the it was the correct move to get the title off of him and honestly it was the correct move to put it on joe but i think now the correct move without question is to put the championship on swerve um i don't think there's been a natural upbuilding of a character of a um story since hangman won the fucking aw championship and this is something that Swerve clearly is very passionate about. You can see it every time he cuts a promo and talks about it. Um, you can see it in his work ethic and the matches that he's putting on right now. I think he is, without a doubt, the guy to take AEW into the future. And uh, Revolution may be that time to do so. I would fully agree with that. Although, like... <sighs> You could probably push it off a pay-per-view, but I, I just don't know how you logically get back to sort of getting another title shot. Maybe Hangman costs him the title. I, I don't know. You do a three-way at double or nothing, but I think either way, yeah, I got to get that belt on Swerve sooner rather than later to 
capitalize on the momentum that he's got right now. I was going to say, you can't miss your window. And I think we're really peak in that window right now. And uh, they need to they need to pull the trigger. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. Um, and then the rest of the show, we had Queen Aminata making a yet another AEW television appearance. She's just been killing it across TV lately. She's been really impressing me. Like, I know we've been talking a lot about the women and kind of listing off the people who have impressed us and who have uh i can't finish the thought but just like caught our attention i suppose and uh she's really up there for me right now she's got we talk about the presence in aura like she really has it as she makes her way to the ring serena deep making her return to AEW television and looking dominant as hell and these two had like a fun little match it wasn't incredibly long but like aminata got a couple of moves in um nailing that hip attack in the corner disgusting um <laughs> Yeah, and then Serena D blocking that Serenity lock, which the way she just bashes the knee before going into the move is like such a nice touch, but adds so much to it. So detailed. Yeah, I I really enjoy seeing Serena back on television. Aminata just getting opportunities. She's continuing to knock it out of the park. So I, I think that was a great pickup for the AEW roster. As we move into the other women's match on the night, as we had Red Velvet taking on Vert Vixen, very short match. Red Velvet making quick work of Vert Vixen and looking directly at the camera following the match, calling out both champions, Tony Storm and Julia Hart, saying, I'm coming for gold. So She means business right now. She's trying to stir it up. Okay, move on. <laughs> As we dive in quickly to uh, Rampage and what went down on the Friday night edition of AEW television. We did. Sorry, you just didn't touch before you get into Rampage. We did have a little segment uh, from Tony Storm backstage. Oh, as that, she talks. Technically, about, that was taped on or that was from Dynamite. But either way. Oh, free. I'm so sorry. I didn't oh, realize free, that was from free. Dynamite. Well, she just uh, making a point to the camera saying that she wants to do a uh, public workout. Did she call it? Yeah, uh, yeah. As they have now booked her in a match up against red velvet taking place this wednesday on dynamite so oh. just as you talked about red velvet it reminded me that we did see that little moment and mariah may continuing to ask if Tony have, Storm has, has she seen her store uh her match and if you've seen one women's match you've seen them all <laughs> <laughs> and luther continuing to uh shoot dirty looks towards mariah may every time that tony walks away i, I have noticed that every single time there's so. some fun storytelling happening with this uh little chaos trio and i'm here for it all Again, uh, moving into Rampage results really quickly would be rematch between Top Flight and Private Party. Top Flight victorious. Uh, after the match, Top Flight showing a bit of respect to Private Party and Private Party not giving the respect back, not acknowledging it, kind of tapping them on the heads like children and walking away from them. So clearly the uh, the fight is not over between these two as we move on to Sammy Guevara making his first appearance on AEW television since the... Uh, tag title street fight at Battle of the Belts, talking about how they got screwed over and uh, pretty much putting Will Hobbs on notice, Powerhouse Hobbs, saying he's coming for him. He's not done with the Don Callis family. So uh, that's that. Probably one of my favorite segments weekly, uh, the Jarrett family talking about... Uh, well, I, I, I Still I, trying to work out their conflict. Le Lethal was trying to get them to do a, a public workout, I guess. <laughs> A public workout? Did he communicate with Tony Storm a little bit? Like, I don't know, but either way, uh, shows up in ring gear and looks at everybody else who's not in ring gear. Although Sanjay pointing out that uh, Karen's in some Lululemon and is ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> Karen said, "No, no, no, no. She's good. She's 
she's chilling. Uh, she's come up with some team names. She's uh, booked them um, um, uh, a photo shoot for next week. So uh, she she's good. And then Lethal's like, all right, whatever. Looks at Satnam like, yo, you want to work out? Satnam's like, no, I'm undefeated. You need all the the practice you can get because you keep losing. <laughs> Satnam always coming in with like, he's he's a man of few words, but when he speaks, he's gonna burn you so hard, especially and, if your name is Jay Lethal. And then Jeff Jarrett just snapping, being like, I'm taking over these meetings next week. I don't care. And uh, Colin basically saying that Lethal's way too nice of a guy to get ahead and. Everybody walking away and uh, Karen making it a point before she walks away to be like, yeah, you, you are nice. So <laughs> basically making the point that nice guys don't get ahead. And uh, that's the reason why Lethal and Jarrett came together in the first place. So we'll have to see where that takes us going forward. Very interesting. Uh, back oh, and oh, forth Always interesting two. to see the family dynamic. Um we- it's a mess. We we seen the New Orleans return of Ricky Starks as he teams with Big Bill in an AEW Tag Team Championship Proving Ground match against the Dark Order, John Silver and Alex Reynolds. They were number three and the number three or number two. Either way, they were up high on the rankings this week, so getting this Proving Ground opportunity to officially earn a championship match and unfortunately unsuccessful in their attempt as Big Bill and Ricky Starks with the victory. Uh, we move on to one of the more hilarious um, angles going on right now as we had uh, Willow Nightingale in action and picking up the victory, but uh, more the backstage business as uh, Stokely Statlant. Yeah, yeah, Stooley, according to the sign that uh, Willow made for Stokely. And Statland are talking about how they're kind of all on the same page it seems like anyways with the interruption of harley cameron uh Soraya, and ruby soho the somewhat outcast i'm not entirely sure what's going on there at this point but harley cameron ends up biting stokely hathaway's finger but to be fair she's a stray they're working on it yeah there's a lot going on there and uh the official challenge by styling or willow to Soraya and ruby for a tag match going down i'm assuming next week on rampage so yeah yeah uh Soraya a little stressed as uh she will actually have to wrestle confused that it's in her contract that she will actually have to wrestle as a signed wrestler but uh yeah so i i'm thoroughly entertained by all of that storyline right now i have to admit there there's a lot going on there as we uh Get into the main event of the evening of the CMLL guys uh, making a huge presence on AEW television this week as uh, an attack on John Moxley on Dynamite this week. A huge eight-man tag here on Rampage, and then obviously Hitchisero taking on Brian Danielson on Collision. So uh, CMLL, a huge uh, point on AEW television this week. But the, the team of Mystical, Volador Jr., Hitchisero, and Mascarada Dorada, uh, Masquerade Dorada taking on uh, Daddy Magic, Cool Hand Edge, Matt Seidel, and Christopher Daniels, the CMLL crew, picking up the victory as well. So I'm um, going into that big trios match against the Blackpool Combat Club on Wednesday with a huge victory in hand. So I'm really intrigued by the CMLL guys right now. Like I said, I fully got one over this, e- or this evening last night with Collision and... Uh, I have to say, I'm super excited to see this uh, program that they're going into. That's pretty much it for this edition of Collision Catch-Up. Of course, 
Show all the love that you do to this very show, to every single show on the SME Radio Network. Uh, check out SundayNightsMainEvent.com. You can check out SME Radio on all forms of podcasts, uh, whether it's iTunes or Apple Music, whatever the frick it's called nowadays, Spotify. iTunes. Yeah, yeah. Flashback. Yeah, hard flashback. I don't know what it's called nowadays. Either way, check your podcast platforms and search up SME Radio and listen to the world of professional wrestling, mixed martial arts, pop culture, music, you name it, it's covered on this network, so... Show some love and support. I am at Matthew Grant. First days of four on all forms of social media. Keep up with the world of what I'm doing or keep up with what I'm doing in the world of independent wrestling. Wow, I'm struggling today. Keep up with your world. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, I will be in Michigan on Thursday for Combat 1. Um, I, pr- I probably shouldn't have officially promoted that uh, as my promo isn't out there yet, but I will be in the house and... In the U.S. of A. on Thursday. And then the following week on the, I believe, the 16th and the 17th, the Friday and the Saturday, I will be at Crossbody Pro Wrestling Friday for the uproar taping. Saturday for the Season 2 finale, Family Day Feud 6, as I defend my internet championship in a triple threat elimination match against Rajon Husher and D. Smith. But I believe, yeah, I think that's pretty much it on the horizon. Again, just keep up with my uh, social media, and I will obviously post where i will be and when i will be and uh you can follow me on all forms of social media at aaron 154 grants uh we touched a little bit on how uh we will be at alpha one wrestling today uh hoping to maybe chat a little bit with some of the wrestlers there i was gonna say potentially i will say potentially maybe an interview coming on this very podcast next week from AW stars. So, so uh, uh, potentially. 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 Just saying. So, yeah, keep up on social media to see who I will be talking to and where I will be as well. And uh, this has been Collision Catch Up. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.